Chris. Hello. How you doing? Good. How are you? <laughs> we're uh, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. Yeah, this is a little different format was... setup. And... Yeah, I was reviewing our make this happen over a Zoom call. I know. I was just reviewing our last episode, and at the beginning, you asked how me and the family were doing because we were getting over the sick stuff, and it sound I totally sounded confident that uh, we were done with it. And now here we are two weeks later in um, COVID quarantine because, you know, we didn't escape it after two years. So <laughs> Jeez. so we're feeling better. We're getting there. Hopefully this is the end of it and uh, good stuff like that. But um, it's good to be with you over Zoom. So. Yeah, it's good to, yeah, it's good to take the time and try to break this down a little differently. I got to be honest with you. I do like the sitting next to you and having this conversation versus a Zoom call, but you know technology brings its own uh issues yeah that's true but <clears throat> we probably wouldn't have had this option a couple years ago we wouldn't have thought of this so that's that good good that's come out of this so that's true that's so true even when so, you're sick and supposed to be in bed business can go on right <laughs> that's a good thing yeah, so right trying to keep the <laughs> consistency for leading is serving right so oh man well, I mean, you know, ironically, we're talking about, um, you know, working even when we're sick, but um, aren't you uh, taking a little bit of rest and vacation here soon? Yes, I am uh, taking a little break where you are trying to get better. I am skipping town to try to go put my mind in the right spot and try to relax for a little bit. So, yes. Well, if your mind uh, on a beach is the right spot, you're headed in the right direction. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well <clears throat> i hope you guys have a great vacation great time away uh, yes thank we'll, you i'm looking we'll forward miss to you. it thanks i appreciate that although if, although if you're a weekly listener of the podcast um it, chris will be back next wednesday when we drop a new episode too so <laughs> yeah i was gonna say by the time this drops is about the time i'll be coming back so yeah that's right that's okay <laughs> so but how uh, just a quick question for you um mm -hmm. how how does rest and renewal play into the rhythms of your life how how important is it for you you know i when i uh before i was doing um two businesses and just trying to keep up with everything and things were smaller it wasn't as needed but i as i get older and get more involved with different things and different facets i feel like i need it more and more so um i don't know that i need more time but I definitely need to do it. And I think that each year as things get busier and busier, it's harder to make it happen um, just because you have to release things to things to, to other people in the midst of you being gone. Somebody's got to take care of stuff that happens while you're gone. And it's a lot of prepping. I've been prepping since Monday, maybe last week um, in preparation of leaving for tomorrow. So no, absolutely. yes. Yeah. And don't forget you got two teenage girls too that, um, vacation right kind of handy yeah right and then there's my daughters too so they you know normally the we we only take this year we're going to take a trip this the one we're going on just about to go on this particular one my wife and i are only going on so that doesn't happen as often but you know and um, so we had to have figure out the family side of things is that is that as on top of uh both of our jobs that we were walking Absolutely. away from so yeah about, how about you do you do you feel like uh, Oh yeah, absolutely. Like 15 years ago, something like that. We kind of got suckered into one of those timeshares 
where um, mm-hmm. we get we get credits each year and we can go to any resort in the system, you know, and stuff like that. Um, and we were like, oh, we're such suckers. And um, but out of that, we turned in almost a yearly habit of just my wife and I going away for a week. Um, oh, that's awesome. Sending kids off to camp grandma, grandpa and stuff like that. And that has been really, I mean, it's a highlight. It's a huge reset for us and just a time to get away. And it's, it's been beautiful. So something we got to guard and protect, um, right. Lean into when we do it. Yeah. So Jason, what episode are we on now? This is episode 12. Yeah. Leading a serving pocket. Oh, no, we said that, did we? We, well, I, I mentioned leading and serving, but I didn't, I was like, almost like number we were Right. <laughs> well, today we want to we want to take a dive into one of the other voices. You know, we kind of gave a quick yeah. overview a couple episodes ago. We talked about the connector last week. Um, this week we want to talk about the guardian voice. Um, <clears throat> that the guardian voice is about thirty percent of our population. Those who have that voice as their primary, um, their first voice. Um, and man, I I gotta tell you, I I love a great guardian in my life. Um, hmm. that guardian is my fifth voice. It is the hardest voice for me to access and um, use. And so having relationships with good, strong guardians who are healthy and express that well um, is such a valuable relationship for me. I mean, um, I didn't realize it until a couple of months ago, but I actually married a gar- guardian. Um, my wife's a guardian yeah. nurturer and we, uh, we play very well off each other's strengths and uh, cover our own weaknesses in a sense. And That's so- awesome. Um, but even in the workplace, um, I've got a couple of people that I know of that are real strong guardians and man, I I love them. I love them because a guardian has a relentless commitment to ask the difficult questions. So for me as an idea person, a creative, someone who, you know, has all these, you know, big dreams and everything, they ask the hard questions of what is truly the win in this? How will we truly achieve this? How will we truly get there? Because they're always trying to seek to honor the past. Um, even though they're looking toward the future, um, a guardian is very present voice, um, that their, their thoughts are largely in the present of how do we guard, how do we respect, how do we honor what is going on right now so that we don't lose our sense of identity as we move into the future, as we tackle and, and seek a big vision, um, how are we going to honor the past? How are we going to honor today? And how are we going to watch for that? Um, <clears throat> they, um, they are very personally committed to deliver projects on time and on budget every time. Um, the guardian is the one you want on your team when you say hey, you've got a budget of a thousand bucks and I need it done in two weeks. They will get it done in 13 days for $999. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and guardians guardians are great that way. They they guard the resources, they guard your traditions, your, your vision. You know, just as the you know, connector is on the relational side of the spectrum, the guardian is on the opposite side of the spectrum on the task side that uh, they actually have a very natural ability to detach their decision-making from their personal sentiments, that they can take emotion out of a decision and lean into what is the right decision in this moment based on the facts and the data and the logic at hand. And they're very, very valuable in that uh, aspect. Um, Guardians though are are naturally risk adverse, um, which is, super positive, but, you know, as you look at a big vision and that's also something as a guardian to remember that, um, the first question coming to the mind of a guardian is, is this worth the risk and investment to go after? 
And, um, you know, and so it's an excellent question, but it also can hold back um, vision and direction you need to go to. And so using that in balance and knowing when to ask, when to push and when to lean in, um, you know, are, is, is very important for a guardian to learn. Um, guardians respect and value logic and order. They value systems and repeatable processes. Um, they're great at just systemizing things and putting things in motion so that <clears throat> you, you gain simplicity and sustainability over the long run um, from your guardians in your, in your workplace. Um, guardian, guardians have a huge desire for truth and right decisions. Um, and sometimes though, that can override the feelings of others. Um, so somebody who is a, an intuitive type person who feels things, you know, just from the gut, um, a guardian can sometimes override that and, um, you know, just lean into uh, the truth and logic just a little bit too hard, um, rather than considering those person, that person's feelings in the process. So, um, so guardians are, like we said, excellent at holding on to what is true, what is present, um, honoring the past. Um, but sometimes the guardians, if they find themselves stressed out or hangry or just under pressure, um, they can become this um, uh, interrogator model of a guardian that becomes oppressive and dominating. And so what triggers a guardian in those moments is when they have a lack of trust in another person's credibility. If, um, if a guardian is picking up on the fact that you're not telling the truth or you're not acting with integrity, um, they are going to launch on that. They are going to fee feel that and they're going to feed on that. Um, guardians are also triggered sometimes by unnecessary risk taking. So if, um, you know, just because something shiny and new out there and we need to go for it, um, if it doesn't feel necessary, if it doesn't feel vital, um, that's something that can trigger their interrogation. Um, sometimes they um, bristle at arrogance that um, um, does not have room for correction. So a person who is overly arrogant and is not listening and is not accepting a bit of humility in their life, um, that can trigger them as well. And so guardians can, can really launch into that interrogator mode and really squash a moment with really hard <laughs> questions. Um, and so guardians, your strength can become your weakness as well um, if used improperly. And so, um, like I said, I love a, a good guardian in my life. Um, it's a voice that, that I can't access very well. Um, it's, it's limited my life. And so I love guardians, uh, relationships and friendships in that realm that helped me move into the future with great systems processes and guarding the past. And so any questions on that, Chris, anything that comes no, to mind? That's, is really, that's some really good stuff. I'm kind of um, curious to know who I know that is falls on. I mean, I can think of several people that I know that I'm kind of curious to know who I've surrounded myself with that is a guardian that's willing to ask those hard questions and, and push me on too. So uh, I'm really now I'm going to have to think about that for a while. <laughs> I, I would, uh, my guess is that you've got a mentor or two that have a very strong guardian streak in them. Um, because mm -hmm. that's, I think that's probably what you search out for in a mentor um, is that yeah. you're looking for someone to help, you know, sculpt those questions and put that challenge in your life. Guardians are great at bringing healthy challenge to us. Um, they do mm -hmm. really good job at that of, yeah. um, you know, Hey, here's a great grand idea. Let's, let's shoot for this this year. And they will help draw that in and refine and bring that idea into a, a doable process and 
bite-sized chunk holes that that you can shoot for. And so guardians are great. Well, I'm in the right frame of mind. Working through that process is just huge. So, you know, the right guardian in the right spot is just healthy. Yeah. So So if you know a a guardian in your life, um, the best way to empower them is to welcome those questions. Mm-hmm. Ask them to challenge, ask them to bring that critique. Um, and, and then when you start executing on an idea, let them lean into that due diligence, let them mm-hmm. give them space to commit and see the project through from start to finish. And they will, they will surprise yeah. you. They'll amaze you. So. Hmm. Love that. Very cool. Well, Jason, I, I'm kind of curious now that we're, we're kind of doing this a little different this week and I'm trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. So I think it's time to talk to somebody, but nobody's here except you and me. So yeah, that's true. That's true. I think we're going to have to have a powwow. I mean, okay. uh, And maybe we flipped the coin last week and you won. So now it's your turn. So, okay. Let's, let's talk to you and figure out what it is that you do and why you do it. So let's jump into uh, let's let's go down the road and um, let's let's talk to you and um, let me ask you some questions. All right, bring it. Tell us a little bit about your history. Tell tell like you obviously are not an Indiana native. No. So tell tell us some of that some of your past. All right, I am uh, nine plus years a Hoosier, but I was born in the Southwest in uh, Clovis, New Mexico, out on the Eastern Plains which if you're looking at a map is actually only like nine miles away from the Texas border. Um, And so we um, grew up pretty close to the West Texas panhandle um, mountains in New Mexico, uh, which I think surprises a lot of Indiana people that uh, there are Rocky mountains and skiing in New Mexico. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful, beautiful place, but um, yeah, grew up out there, uh, went to college in the panhandle of Texas at Wayland Baptist university. Uh, That's where I met my wife. And uh, we spent a couple more years after college in Texas, but then moved to Colorado and uh, spent over 12 years in Colorado there on the north side of Denver. Um, We've got uh, a couple of kiddos that were born there, and then we adopted a couple more um, while we were living there in Denver. Uh, One of the kiddos came directly from the neighborhood we were living at there, um, and the other one came from the neighborhood of Novosibirsk, Russia, um, actually in Siberia. We went to Siberia in December. Um, to meet our son and hang out with him for a couple of weeks. That was an experience. That was fun. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, So then uh, we ended up out here in Indiana uh, a little, almost nine and a half years ago and uh, here in Greenwood on the South side. And we have adopted another little girl since Um, she was a foster care kiddo um, here in Indiana that, um, we fell in love with and ended up adopting. And um, so we've got kids from five to 20 something, I guess now. I don't know how yeah, old he is. He's an adult. We'll guy. just call it that. Right. <laughs> so we have five to, um, to adults. <laughs> that's right. Two adults. we got two kiddos out of the house and, and three, and they were still involved in foster care. And so we've got uh, a revolving door of kiddos coming and going um, in our house. We've got a, a little five month old at the moment. And, um, yeah, life is never boring around our household. No so, doubt. So when you're, because you don't have enough to do, what? Tell us about your growth process with you know with your um, with your professional life because 
you haven't always been a great podcaster. Um, I know that you've, you, you have, it's like going on 12 weeks, but yeah, that's pro pro level. <laughs> I, I consider you a pro just in case you were wondering. Hey, thanks. But so, thanks. so tell us about how, you know, obviously you said you went to college and that kind of thing. So what was the yeah. progression of steps? Where, where were you, what were you doing after college? Well, early on in life, I, um, um, felt very, you know, I've always been connected to my faith and uh, to my faith in God. Um, and been a Christ follower all my, you know, for since I was a kiddo, um, thanks to my parents, and you know, I, I raised very well in that manner. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, sometime in high school, I just felt like um, God was calling me into vocational service, is what we call it in the church. Um, you know, just uh, getting a job in the church, being a pastor. And so, um, I went to school for that. Uh, my degree is a Bachelor of Arts in Biblical Studies with the emphasis in youth ministry at the time. Um, but that's where I learned to play guitar and I, um, had always been a part of music, um, singing and trumpet and, you know, different instruments along the way, but it never picked up a guitar. So I picked that up in college. And the next thing I know I'm doing both worship and youth ministry. And then a few years later, I start picking up web design and finding, you know, just a, a technologist type role, I guess, in every church I've been in since, uh, mm-hmm. just a development of technology. Not that I'm not that I'm super great, but I'm, I am not afraid to Google YouTube and, um, poke buttons, <laughs> you know? And so, yeah. uh, I remember started, started building websites for churches in like 2002, 2003, um, back when it was really cheesy stuff. And I'm glad none of that's on the web anymore. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so been serving in churches for, uh, 25 years, I guess. Um, wow. just leading number of different capacities, number of different roles. Um, but that's, uh, been shifting a little bit over these last couple of years, uh, felt it mm-hmm. prior to COVID. Um, and then, um, you know, COVID just kind of upset everything, uh, disrupted everything and, you know, and plans shifted and, um, and whatnot. Um, but here we are today and, um, I've started a company in the last, um, I don't know, a handful of months, mid fall, early fall. Um, uh, business called Exonimo Solutions, which Exonimo is Latin for from the heart or from the soul. And so these are solutions that come from the heart. Um, and it's largely centered around leadership development and leadership coaching, um, which is where uh, the five voices thing, you know, in the intro today, um, where the, uh, you know, some of the leadership tools we've been talking about in our intros are coming from is that um, I started studying for that. And in, in, I think it was around August of last year. Uh, to be a certified coach or guide in that uh, with Giant Worldwide. And so I have uh, completed that certification and starting a kind of a little side hustle, I guess, at the moment of uh, working with some clients and doing some um, education around five voices and leadership and and how to lead into that because I've, you know, feel like God has given me ability to listen well and and help impact Mm -hmm. people's lives and stuff through that. And so so yeah so tell me something that you know through this process i mean you just went through a lot of growth right what is some of the things some of those key things that have popped up during that time frame of just growing to this point that have kind of really um, influenced your steps of moving forward even to getting you to the point where coaching is a good is something that you enjoy and that you're passionate about i think um I think part of it is from my own journey that um, just, I think just by nature of, of my voice order, of my personality, of how I, um, 
uh, lean into projects and, and into work. Um, I find myself in a kind of a vicious cycle of burnout that um, every, every few years, I'm just at the end of my rope that, you know, I, I don't, candles not burning at both ends. I've got multiple side, <laughs> multiple candles burning at multiple ends. You know, I'm just, I'm just wrung out and done. And um, I'm really tired of coming to that moment. And so um, I've been searching for good coaching in my life, um, you know, of helping break that cycle, helping me lean into healthier rhythms um, as an individual. Um, I, when I get uh, deep in a project or deep in a, a vision or, you know, whatever that might be, um, it kind of creates tunnel vision for me. Um, mm -hmm. And so I've, um, I've not been happy with the, the type of person I've become at times um, because I get so focused and I get so overwhelmed or buried in the minutia and the detail. Um, you know, like we were talking about the guardian voice, <laughs> that's the, that's the voice that is last in my order. And guardians are great at carrying out processes and that due diligence of getting a task done. I'm more the 30,000, 50,000 foot view guy. I enjoy creating right. ideas and seeing them come to life and getting stuck in spreadsheets and, you know, developing standard operating procedures. And, Oh my goodness. It just drains me. Right. <laughs> you know, I've learned how to do it, but man, it just takes so much energy out of me. And I've got to, right. I've got to renew for almost twice as long as it took for me to get it. done. <laughs> right. So, um, a friend of and mine, at that point, uh, you're very thankful that other people have those voices, right? <laughs> so they can help yeah. you. Exactly. Exactly. So a friend of mine, you know, introduced me to, um, introduced me to the five voices, introduced me to giant worldwide, actually a number of years ago, uh, but it just wasn't the right timing and it kind of got put on the back burner. Um, but he stopped through, um, his name's Steven Henson, by the way, if he happens to be listening, shout out to Mr. Steve. Um, but he stopped by this, um, uh, stopped by this past summer and kind of renewed that in my thinking and in my heart. And man, I started digging into some of the tools and just realizing, wow, this is what it's like to be on the other side of me at times. And that if I'm looking at myself in a leadership mirror and I, I, I want to work on these things personally. Mm -hmm. And the more I worked on them personally, the more I thought, man, this is, this is gold. And, mm -hmm. you know, and I've, um, it's, it's just stuff that I connected with so quickly and easily and, um, just love, pouring into other people's lives as well. And so that's, that's awesome. So now, now you've gotten to the point now where you've gone through and learned some, so many things that you got, you kind of feel obligated to share it, don't you? Well, yeah. Yeah. I, because, I, because of the growth and the benefit that you've gotten. Right. I mean, I've, I don't I, I certainly do things that, you know, I, I always keep a watch on how I'm providing for my family or, you know, how, you know, how the needs around me are taken care of. And, and that's certainly part of my motivation, my drive. But in the end, I'm really, I really want to see other people um, feel free, feel liberated, feel able to lead in healthy rhythms as well. And, you know, I've, I've been under that crushing weight so much. I really don't want others to have to go through that themselves. And so yeah. if I can help them along that journey, um, I, I, I would love to just be there for you in that moment. Um, cause I, I mean, we just hear about it so much in our culture right now of burnout, right. um, of just being done. What is my purpose? Where do I fit in? Um, and I, I don't know how many times I've said in my life, I feel like a square peg in a round hole. Um, right. and, uh, I'm a night owl creative, you know, kind of, um, not fly by the seat of my pants, but a, um, spontaneous, I just like, 
moving with the moment. And boy, that does not work in a morning centric um, type A world. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. And so um, I have, uh, I've always struggled against that flow. So, yeah. Right. Well, and it's, I mean, to your point, like we're at this, during this COVID, during this time of reflection that so many people have gone back and gone, am I doing what I want to be doing? And am I happy with my job? Am I, am I affecting change? Like younger generations, that, those are some of the key questions on what I know that some of these younger generations that are coming out of school going, yeah. how am I going to affect change? You know, I don't really want to go answering phones to figure out if, you know, Billy Joe has got, you know, power yeah. on or something like that. But, you know, I'd much rather if they have to call me, they have a problem and I, they need help. I want to affect that change for them. And so it is definitely the timing of this is, in my opinion, is just a great thing that uh, you, you're bringing your great service, in my opinion, to a lot of people who, are, who need it, who need the guidance of being able to get through some of this stuff. And I think the five voices are just amazing, an amazing way to, amazing tools to figure out where you land. And I mean, I know that you've given me some wisdom on, on these tools as well and taught me some things and just getting to hang out with you. I'm always learning stuff. So, um, I can appreciate that from, uh, you know, as a co-podcaster with you, uh, I can tell you, I appreciate the benefit that you've brought to me and I haven't even gone through it. So right. not yet anyways, <laughs> it's on the to-do list. So, um, so we're, so at this point you're trying, you know, you've got, clients out there that you're servicing here you're you're growing but um and that is probably filling up another you know you you're a busy guy but then i also understand that you're also involved with something else yes because you yeah. didn't have any time left or right you, i didn't have any yeah. left um yeah you know it's probably the busier i stay the less trouble i get into um, although I still find plenty of trouble to get into. Um, no, the shift that I mentioned a couple of years ago that started um, was um, largely revolving around um, how do we bring uh, resources and tools to our community, um, meet the needs of the community as as the church. You know, I mean, there's a lot of churches doing great things in our community, doing things that are, mm -hmm. you know, like food pantries and clothing closets and outreaches and ministries and things that are, you know, helping people. Um, but we tend to think about it as the church first. And I started asking questions around what if we think about it in terms of community first, and then somehow a church works into that and fits into that, you know? And so how do we bring our faith to the marketplace in a genuine way that, that meets the needs of our community and brings a service and brings a, a you know, a, a rapport with the community that, that maybe a lot of churches feel like they're lacking today. And so um, we've started a new nonprofit um, called The Uncommons um, that I'm the un executive director of uh, at the moment. Um, but The Uncommons is a, a marketplace idea, a business basically, um, that uh, seeks to be a <clears throat> financially sustainable nonprofit. So our goal is not to be um, out fundraising 30% of our time uh, to try and make ends meet. Our goal is to create business, sustainable business structures within uh, the Uncommons so that um, we can fulfill the vision, fulfill the, the passion of helping people and uh, meeting people's needs. And so right now what we're doing is we're looking for a property, um, a building or a, a land that we can build on um, that would house a basically a multi 
multi-use facility um, be centered around probably a, a living room type concept. Um, if you want to think of like a, a bougie Starbucks type um, environment yeah. uh, where people okay. can just come a, a gathering space that feels okay. like it's a living room for the community where you just come, you hang out and you can be a part of um, part of that will be that um, we've got a drink concept, uh, kind of a for-profit um, a quick serve restaurant idea that will go in the nonprofit. Um, we're looking for partners as well, um, whether they're other restaurants or food ideas. Um, so, you know, food is the great breaker down of barriers, right? And so we want to see, you know, this living room concept surrounded by a couple different food ideas uh, from um, sodas, you know, you know, if anybody knows me well enough, I'm highly passionate about my Dr. Pepper. Um, so we've got to have a good place to go and get a high quality ice filled Dr. Pepper in the Midwest. Cause that's a value right. of Southwest that I need to bring up this way. Right. Um, right. <laughs> but from, uh, you know, drinks to food, you know, we have this environment where we can just be a, be together. Um, we're looking at doing a co-working space, um, especially now this was in the plans prior to COVID and now, mm-hmm. uh, post COVID, it seems so much more relevant. Uh, many of us who are looking for a place to work and to be a part you know, out in the community, connecting, making networking um, connections, um, connected to resources, trainings, classes, um, leadership development. That's partly why um, I've gotten into the coaching is that I see that as an avenue for the uncommons, um, something that mm-hmm. we can bring to our community. Um, and so we're looking for partnerships with that, with other um, organizations. Um, we've got some huge dreams down the idea. Uh, I'm sorry. We got huge dreams down the road, um, ideas such as... Um, doing a sensory gym for, um, special needs families, um, mm. maybe doing a, um, a, you know, a teen game room, uh, for teenagers in the area, um, um education classes from, you know, uh, financial planning to, um, you know, budgeting to parenting to, um, you know, even having a place for our community where we can have honest conversations about, um, you know, about the tough issues in life. Um, you know, mm-hmm. just having some, you know, town hall type experiences. Um, but also, you know, that the space would be available for, um, comedy shows or, you know, um, band, you know, startup bands here in the area who, who need a little place to, um, have their first couple of concerts, you know, let's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, how can we lean into our community that if we can, if we can strengthen families, if we can strengthen our community, um, we, we all win together. And right. so, that's what, uh, that's what we're after is how, you know, what is, what is missing, what is needed in our community and how can we come along and partner with, um, you know, we, we don't have to recreate the wheel in certain areas because there are people doing amazing things out there. And so right. how can we partner with them and then, uh, you know, bring some new ideas to the community as well. And so that's the uncommons that's in a nutshell. Um, yeah, that's an, that's uh, an amazing for, setup. And I'm, I'm super excited about that. Super and actually super passionate about the fact that there's such a neat concept and such a great way for the community to, to, to grow as well as benefit from the opportunities that are all inside that, that uncommons and um, the things that can come from it. So super excited about that um, for you and, and the team. The, it's just amazing that uh, it sounds like there's a lot of moving parts to that and I'm super excited. So I, I do want to take a moment because I know that you're going to probably need some help at some point with some different things on that. So let's just go ahead and um, 
um, throw out your information real quick, just so that we don't, uh, for those that, you know, want to grab a hold of that or might have some questions, some, you know, they might want to follow up with you and some things that are going on with that situation. Maybe we ought to throw out your information um, in the show notes or um, yeah. so that we can, you know, cause that's not going to be a, um, I mean, you tell me, is that, is that so you're the executive director. Do you, do you need a team? Do you need anybody else to help you with that, Jason? Oh man, if you're a guardian, <laughs> yeah. Um, we need some guardians to come alongside this. Absolutely. Um, no, any, any, any of the voices we are certainly, um, you know, looking for people who will champion the uncommons, um, in our community, whether that's just, um, <clears throat> you know, liking a social media page and, sharing everything that ever hits that page, you know, that, um, you know, we're, we are, we are doing fundraising on the front end, um, cause getting into a building is, um, uh, is difficult. Um, we want to be financially sustainable down the road, but we do have to do some fundraising on the front end. And so we're, we're taking donations as a nonprofit. It's uh, tax deductible. Um, we are looking for investors, um, who would help us invest in, um, a property and a facility. Um, and so if, uh, you fit that bill, we would love to talk with you. Um, people who are interested in, um, you know, project management, um, things that uh, you can help us uh, get from point A to point B on some of these big projects. Uh, we're in the process of launching a new website. Um, we've got a little page set up at, uh, at New Hope, uh, which is the church where I serve. Um, uh, New Hope's got a, is hosting a page there, kind of a landing spot for us. Um, but we're working on launching a, a website here, hopefully in just in the next month or two that will be out um, and so, um, projects like that, that would help us get from point A to point B, and you can just help with that due diligence, of moving the ball down the court. Um, we would love any type of volunteers. If you're a grant writer, um, goodness, there's tons of grants out there. Uh, if you enjoy doing that type of thing, um, we would love for you to come alongside and catch the vision. We see this as a, um, a for the community, by the community type of project. We, this is not, um, you know, the idea may have started with one person and it's grown to, um, you know, we have a board of directors, um, you know, it's, it's grown to, uh, you know, a few further down the road, uh, you know, there's, you know, a whole church is involved with New Hope. Um, New Hope is committed to seeing this project launch in the community as well. But um, yeah, if, if, if this strikes a chord with you, we'd love to talk with you. So um, probably the easiest way to get a hold of me um, I mean, you could go to New Hope's website, becomehope.com. Um, there's a link on there for the Uncommons. Uh, there's a, I'm on the staff page. You can just email me at jason at becomehope.com. Um, the Uncommons website should be up soon. I think that's uncommonsgw.com. Um, and uh, that will be up in the near future. Um, you can catch me on LinkedIn. That's a great spot as well. Um, just, um, yeah, we'll put that link in the show notes. All right, Jason, let me, let me touch on a couple of questions that we oftentimes ask a lot of people. You, you know, I know that you're probably used to them by now and you probably got it at the tip of your tongue, but I'm going to try to stump you anyway. So what is, <laughs> is a seemingly insignificant moment in your life that turned out to be significant? Hmm. What's that one thing in the past that kind of That's a great out? question, Chris. Um <laughs> Um, I would probably go back to, I don't know, a couple of years ago, um, a friend of ours in the church, uh, Jim Parker, we, um, 
uh, he's on staff with me there. We, we took a trip up to Brownsburg uh, to a church up there that we had heard was kind of doing some new things. Um, kind of, kind of like what we were saying about the uncommons, they were doing some, um, they, they purchased an old Ivy tech building. I think it was the, is that the school that went under? I think it, that's right. They, they bought the entire building, but the church only consists only takes up about 20% of the building or something like that. And they were doing some really cool things in their neighborhood. And um, <clears throat> so we went up to visit it and kind of get some ideas for new hope. Um, but man, I remember exactly where we were coming off the Brownsburg highway, um, entering onto 465, heading south back down to town. And I don't remember exactly what Jimmy and I were saying, um, but we saw just this, this vision of what could be so much more. And I just remember both of us sitting in the car going, we, we could do so much more. And that was the turning point for me of going, you know, something's got to shift, something, something's got to change. Um, and I think that's where the seeds of um, just the vision for the uncommons, um, you know, even looking into things like coaching and um, even this restaurant concept that we're looking at within the uncommons, um, all of those things started being birthed in that moment. Um, I think, mm. and, and we just went up to a church. We thought we're doing some cool things and we were hoping to bring back an idea or two that we could start implementing, you know, and it, and it became life shifting, life altering in the direction of, of my life. I didn't, I didn't see that coming. And, uh, that became, uh, is becoming even more and more significant each and every day. Um, just a, yeah, a little trip of, Hey, let's go check that out. Cool. Yeah. We could, yeah, we'll grab lunch on the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That's and, awesome, man. Man, it's changed everything. Changed everything. Yes, I love. And I'm not just going through that whole talk with you about you know what you got going on with it. It's just amazing. That's just super exciting. I'm so excited about that. Okay, we've got another question for you. What is the biggest thing other people tend to underestimate in life, work, and leadership, and wish they they would get right? Hmm. Um. I don't know if this is the biggest thing, but it's been something that I've been dwelling on a lot um, mm -hmm. lately is um, just the, the, the skill of listening. Mm -hmm. And I know we've talked about that with a few of our interviews over the past of, you know, within the context of sales. Um, sure. You know, you, you want to be an active listener trying to uncover right. people's needs and whatnot, but <clears throat> even just being active listening. And I've, I've even started noticing how, how horrible I am at multitasking, you know, that I think, Oh, I've still got such a set. I can keep clicking. All I'm doing is, you know, I'm, I'm Photoshopping an, an image. This has nothing to do with words. I can listen to this conversation and play on this image and it just doesn't work. It's not, it's not true. And so um, I actually, there's a, a leadership principle from uh, Tim Elmore. And I think it's in his latest book, the eight paradoxes of leadership. I think I'm getting that wrong. Uh, probably, but uh, one of the things he talks about is confidence and humility. Um, mm. And he said, when you're in, when you're in a debate or a discussion, or you're, you know, like for me, I'm trying to tease out a new idea, some, you know, a big vision we we want to start tackling. Um, he said, talk as if you are absolutely right, and listen as if you're absolutely wrong. Oh, and wow. I thought, man, what a position to go into every conversation about. Be confident in what you're saying, but be humble in, in your listening and just listen and truly listen. And, you know, I, you know, how many conversations have you been in where you've asked somebody a question and they answer you 
the wrong answer to the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. They may have heard a couple of words in the question, but they didn't answer the right question. Um, oh, wow. And I, I, I want to be a better listener at that. And so I think if we did that across our culture, across our world, I don't care if that's business, our families, politics, social media, if we mm -hmm. listen, we might be wrong. And we listen with that kind of humility to others. I think we would um, stave off a lot of our troubles in, in our culture. Wow. That, that was really good. <laughs> I might have to absorb that one for a minute. The, I, like I said, I've been really absorbing for a few weeks on that. So I'm, I've, uh, I've been dwelling on that one for a while lately. That one's a good one. That was truly good. And we, um, we might have to put his book in the show notes if we have a chance, if you want to yeah. get that right. in there. So that I wish we had a guardian. People... I wish we had a guardian taking notes to, to help us. Right. That. <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway, last, moving on. last question. Last question. Uh, All right. So what is there, if you could go back and talk to your 21 year old <laughs> self, what would you tell them? To, what would you tell them to do differently or better or what would you tell them? Hmm. Um, I referenced it earlier. I would, I would tell my 21 year old Jason be the square pig that um, I fought a lot of years trying to shave off the corners and become a, a, a round peg for the round hole. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm a square peg and I need to lean into that because that's how, God created me and I bring a very specific value and benefit to the world. I can say that, <laughs> but yet sometime right. here within the next hour, I'm going to do something to try and sand off one of those sharp edges and right. try and fit in that round hole again. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that has come for me in so many different ways. Um, so many different facets of life from how I file papers <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. that's a long story. I'll leave that one for off the air. Um, <laughs> um, from filing papers to being a night owl, to, um, being a dreamer and idea creative. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, there's so many things that, that, um, I just want to tell my younger self to don't sweat trying to be like other people, be yourself. Right. So there you go. Good, good insight. Good insight. Well, thanks again. Uh, I appreciate you chatting with us and giving us your wisdom again. And uh, I always enjoy your wisdom, even as we talk with other uh, <laughs> leaders. Well, so, thanks. All right. See y'all in a minute. Hey, Chris. Um, thanks for letting me uh, share my story. That was. Uh, that was hard, but yeah, thank you so much. Appreciate the opportunity. It is, it is once again, like I told you before, it's different being on the uh, um, as the uh, interviewee versus the interviewer. Yeah. It's a little different. I, I meant right. that hot seat last week was a little bit different. I, well, how'd you how'd you feel about it this week, Jason? I'm looking forward to interview, interviewing somebody else next week. So that's how yes. I felt. <laughs> it's, it's time to <laughs> talk about somebody else now. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. Well, Jason, I appreciate all the information. Is is You have so much going on, and I'm super excited about the Uncommons. And I'm very thankful that you you know spent time with me and the, spending us time together interviewing all these leaders, period. Um, but I also want to you know make sure that... Um, 
I'm super excited about your coaching. We didn't get to touch on that a lot, but I know that, you know, each one of these podcasts is bringing a different aspect of you being able to teach people and listen so they, they can hear some of the things that you're working with day in, day out. Um, and so I also want to make sure that people recognize that um, these tools that we're talking about on this podcast are coming straight from Jason coaching people and using this kind of information. So um, I want to make sure that we throw in the show notes an opportunity that if um, if you didn't get the information that you or you're interested in taking the test to try to understand um, your either yourself or your team or better ways to bring your team together so that you understand each other that you reach out to him and um, have him help you with some of those kinds of things because um, I am super excited about it. I am enjoying talking about those kinds of things and learning those kinds of things and bringing my team together. So I can tell you firsthand that I'm getting the benefit from it. So I want to thank you again, Jason, because um, this was a great review of some of the great things that you're involved with and the great things that you're taking on. So yeah. Um, thanks for spending this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. The, the tools that we talk about on a podcast are, I guess, mildly helpful in a podcast setting, right? Right. Like we <laughs> that, can put it uh, all out there. Yeah. That the coaching is designed for, you know, for one-on-one, -on -one, um, for, uh, working with your team, with your organization. Um, it works. Um, the tools are great from, from one-on-one -on -one up to, you know, large numbers of people. If you're, if you're part of a big organization and, and it works yeah. both, um, um, in person or virtual, um, the, the coaching platform giant worldwide is built on a virtual platform. Um, and so it works great on zoom. Um, and uh, I've been super impressed with some of those things. And so, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, reach so out really uh, where, you're, where, where you're listening to this. If you're looking for some coaching and some help, then it doesn't matter where you're at and just reach out. Absolutely. So, so Absolutely. Yeah. The show notes your... has the, yeah, it's got the link for the five voices. It's a free um, assessment, a free account, and you actually have access to all of drill, all of giant worldwide's content through that free account, which is really cool. Um, and then I can just come alongside as a guide and help you help walk through that. Um, if you so choose. So, yeah. Yeah. So throw your information up there too, so that the people can reach out to you if they didn't hear it through it on the podcast or us talking about it earlier. And then uh, don't forget to like, and subscribe or um, thanks for listening to us and yeah. spending this time to get to know Mr. Jason Kemp. Yeah. Holler at us. If you got any questions about the podcast, um, send us a question and um, email in the show notes as well. And um, we'd love to hear yeah. from you. Let us know what you like sure and what you're enjoying. So Chris, it's been a pleasure wow. hanging out. Hope you have a great vacation. Yes. Thanks, Jason. And I hope you'll be you super get tan back. on the next uh, video, right? Yeah, I doubt that. But yeah, but yeah, <laughs> I'm hoping that you uh, get a clean bill of health, my friend, and look forward to doing this in person next time. I agree. Let's do it. All right. All right. You'll have, have a great day. Take care. You too. Bye.